Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. March 2020, the month that the COVID-19 pandemic took a hold of the United Kingdom and put pressure on the NHS that is rarely seen in its 73-year history. More families, and many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. It is only by following the rules that we can save lives and make sure our NHS is not overwhelmed. Some people with underlying health conditions and disabilities were regarded as extremely vulnerable to the virus and were recommended to shield to protect themselves and others. The NHS has identified up to one and a half million people in England who face the highest risk of being hospitalised by the virus. In this episode, we speak to some of the NHS staff who have shielded during the pandemic and find out their experiences of what it was like to be isolated from their workplace colleagues and loved ones. You know, one of the things at the start of the pandemic that myself and I know team members and colleagues really questioned was um, part of our worth and, and value. And how they are looking to use their experiences to influence more flexible ways of working for the future. We might even find that being more flexible could change the way we work, could make us more efficient overall. Hello, my name is Joe Hagen, and as a diabetic with other health complications, I know firsthand what it is like to shield from friends and family and be in constant fear that I could be a statistic from this virus. However, this virus has been difficult for everyone, but people with disabilities, health conditions, older people and ethnic minorities have had that extra cloud over them of being at more risk of developing serious complications or even dying and some have been isolated from society because of this factor. However, it's not all been negative. There have been glimmers of hope, examples of community spirit, appreciation from the wider public for all the good work that goes on in the NHS, and lessons that we can take forward beyond this virus that will actually help us improve the working experiences for our NHS workforce for years to come. We want to focus in on that as we start our journey at Sheffield Teaching Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust with Kush Naik. Okay, can you see this? Yes. Lovely. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so like I said, I'm Kush. I'm the senior case. Up until the pandemic, Kush was working firsthand with patients on the ward as an acute dietitian. However, this would have been classed as a highly risky environment for someone who, after two kidney transplants within the last 12 years, is reliant on immunosuppressant medication that makes her vulnerable to the virus. So pre-COVID, this tutorial would have been done face to face and you would have come down to the unit and we would have... When I started shielding, I had to come home and my role had to be changed quite a lot because I wasn't having that face to face patient contact anymore. Because our trust, a lot of the resources and databases we use are not electronic. It was difficult at the start working from home, um, but I sort of developed a work plan with my manager and I moved to more remote working from home, such as doing clinics on the telephone with patients. The way you can build rapport with patients on the telephone is so different to face-to-face. -to -face. So it was a whole new set of skills that I was having to learn on my own from the spare bedroom on the bed because we didn't have any at-home office set up. However, Cushy's line manager and organisation were very supportive in addressing these challenges. They've set me up with 
a workstation at home, so a second screen, a keyboard, a mouse, a chair. They made sure that I had um, assessments done to just make sure that my setup was accurate and that I wasn't going to be at any high risk of sort of back pain um, or any strain. They also supported me with just keeping in touch with the rest of the team, because when you work in hospitals, you interact so much with other staff members and the patients, it's hard to get that same interaction at home. So we moved to Microsoft Teams meetings. Um, so that was nice that I was able to still be involved in the staff meetings, but it was just done virtually instead. And that really made me feel like I was still part of the team. At no point was I pressured into coming back to work, despite how stretched the NHS was and despite how stretched our hospital was and, and how much they probably needed more staff to come in. I was never made to feel guilty or I was never made to feel um, like a nuisance being at home um, and doing the work I was doing from home was valued by them. So um, I feel very lucky that I've had this job security. And not only has Kush had job security, but in October of last year, after encouragement from her line manager, she also decided to apply and was successful for a role that would further develop her career. I was worried at the beginning when I started shielding that how am I going to progress in my job if I'm not at work sort of experiencing new things and seeing new patients? How am I going to progress in my career? But I applied for a job as a senior catering dietitian, which I was successful in getting in October. And this role has, has really suited me and I've really enjoyed it. And it's, it's really amazing that despite the pandemic and despite working from home and shielding, I have been able to get a new job, which I'm really passionate about and which suits the current situation of the world better. Um, and I feel like it's really helped with my well-being in terms of I'm able to do a lot more work and I'm able to communicate with the team really well because it's, it's sort of a different type of work to, to what I was doing before. Hi, Tim. How are you? Thanks so much for sending that data through. Debbie Morgan yeah, is the Director of Service really, Improvement really and Transformation at Cambridge University so, Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust. So going back to, gosh, almost a, a year ago, end of March, um, I um, found myself in a situation where my mum had started to shield because of her age and various comorbidities and was completely surprised to find an email from the government saying that I myself needed to shield. And this was because Debbie has an undifferentiated connective tissue disorder. So I live on my own, but thankfully I have three rescue dogs and um, being an extrovert, I found it really incredibly difficult to no longer have human contact outside of video conferences and um, speaking to people on the phone. So um, it was really hard to, to get my head around what that actually meant for me. Um, it vastly impacted on my mental well-being. So how was I gonna be able to continue to lead my team and support the work that we were doing um, from home? Support from the trust was needed at this point to address these uncertainties. So there was a communication trust-wide regarding um, the government guidelines and encouraging and supporting us, uh, one, as an organisation where possible to be able to work from home, but also um, we had various health assessments that we needed to complete. There was support from occupational health colleagues 
and um, where we were deemed to be clinically at risk, um, being able to work from home. Debbie has also had to adapt her leadership skills to be relevant to the unsettling situation of the pandemic. One of the really important things that I've found is by being honest about how I'm feeling and that I've had days that have been incredibly challenging and acknowledging that I've had days when I've had wobbles has also enabled them to, to say, actually, they haven't been doing so great and that's okay. It's really okay to not be okay. So really adapting my leadership style to be able to flex and accommodate, but also recognising that you can lead virtually. You can do that by not being face-to-face. Okay, what lessons have you got today? During the course of the pandemic, Michelle Healy has juggled her time between her role as a data integrity officer at West Hertfordshire um, Hospital's NHS Trust and her role as a lone parent ensuring her son still received an education whilst the schools were shut. Have you submitted any work from... uh, Michelle had a cornea transplant nine years ago for a condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which requires her to take immunosuppressant medication leading her to become one of the 1.5 million people that were asked to shield. Otherwise, I'll come back and check on you in an hour, okay? Okay. All right, darling. I found that shielding has taken overall a massive weight off my shoulders uh, because I'm able to still uh, perform my full role um, and I'm in an environment where I'm completely in control of it and I I can make sure that um, I'm safe. It was the difference between me falling apart completely and me feeling able to carry on and being able to cope with it all. Michelle has been busier at work than ever before while shielding, implementing several new and important IT systems, including those relevant to COVID and the new ways of working, which is why it has been so important for her organisation to make sure her resilience and well-being was maintained throughout. I've found the support I've received from the Trust overall absolutely fantastic we have a covid hub and that's co-run with sort of occupational health so i get sort of regular calls every sort of one to two weeks from either a nurse or an employee relations staff member to just to check how i'm doing just to check that things are still okay and they keep notes you, you always speak to the same person which is great they so they start to know your case so um the lady that calls me knows about my son and knows that I'm homeschooling as well and um, is always supportive and always asks how he's doing as well and how I'm coping with that making sure that you know I'm still managing to perhaps you know take a bit of fresh air and exercise in the garden if I can. As someone with a hidden disability Michelle has seen the benefits of home working not only has it improved her mental and physical well-being she's achieving more in her role and working relationships have improved. I found that not having to travel as much has it's given me more time for starters. Personally, I've been able to achieve more. Not commuting in the morning during rush hour, um, I always find that incredibly stressful. The mornings are, as part of my condition, are, are a bad time for me. And not having to do that commute has been liberating. Even sometimes just walking across site, our site at Watford is very large and sometimes from my office to where I have a meeting is a 10 minute walk um, for me and you know just just saving yourself those few minutes here and there can be 
um, absolutely brilliant. You can be sat down and, and waiting for a meeting to start and you're not having to rush about, get out of breath, <laughs> um, trying to get to somewhere on time. And um, I've learned things about my colleagues that I didn't know before through this and they've learned things about me. Um, and you start to see people perhaps in a different light. You, you know, before sometimes you, you, you compartmentalize, you just think of some people, this is work, you know, and you just think of them in a work context. And now we're sort of starting to consider each other on a much wider scale. And I think that for me, that the, the support I've received from my entire department, but some colleagues in particular has been fantastic. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's changed my view a bit, I think of how important work relationships are. Ralph Roberts is a radiotherapy physics operational manager at Oxford University Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust. Okay, bye. Bye, have a nice evening. Cheers. Ralph has MS and although wasn't strictly classed as extremely clinically vulnerable, after a risk assessment, it was decided between him and his manager that he would work from home during the first wave as he was at greater risk than a person without an underlying health issue. In a way, it makes working like a bit easier because I think, and particularly with me, because my fatigue in MS is, is a, you know, can be a big problem. So even like the effort of, you know, getting dressed in the morning, getting ready and coming to work can be quite tiring. So it's quite good to not have that whole process to deal with. On the other hand, you know, you do feel a bit isolated. When the shielding guidance changed in August 2020, Ralph was anxious about returning back to the office at first. When we had the discussion in sort of July, August about me coming back, because, you know, some of the managers were keen for me to come back. Um, at first, I was a bit weary and, I, you know, and I, it's almost like you feel a bit institutionalised because you, you, you get used to a certain way of working. And, you know, part of me was thinking, oh, can I even ever go back to work again? However, Ralph eventually returned to the office three days a week and is hopeful that this could be a permanent arrangement even after the pandemic is behind us. Having those two days a week working from home makes it easier physically. And I think I can probably work longer days as well because you've got the flexibility at home. But then on the other hand, it's still nice to be able to see people and say hello and have a chat because, you know, you know, you, you see people and you say, how are you and what did you do? And, you know, it's quite nice to have that. And that's quite that's harder with even, you know, with Zoom and Teams, I think. And hopefully long term, even after COVID, you know, at some point in the future, it would be nice to have that choice and to have you know the mixture of homeworking and working in the department. So what about the other NHS staff who have had to shield? much of the last year. Are they wanting a permanent home working arrangement or are they eager to get back on site? Or like Ralph, is a hybrid solution more suitable? Cush wants to gradually return back to working inside the hospital and eventually have access to patients on wards again, but is aware of occasions where working from home could bring about benefits to her and other members of staff. I think this has been a real learning curve for the whole of the NHS about what we're actually able to do from home. And I think shielding NHS staff who have worked from home have really proved and sort of been an example to what we can do. And 
and how much work we can do from home and and quite often patient experience and patient satisfaction of the work we're doing with them is not compromised there can be times where I'm quite poorly um, so I might not be able to run around the wards and be on my feet for seven and a half hours but there is things that I could do from home like doing clinics at home or writing letters from home and I think this pandemic has shown that we can do things from home and people with chronic illnesses and staff members with chronic illnesses it's, it's often not just um, we can work to 100% or we can not work at all. Quite often we're, we're in the middle of that. But Ralph understands that agile working needs to be more than just an organisation-wide policy and support is needed to ensure people are set up properly for home working. It's important to have that flexibility if you've got a disability. But yeah, then I, th- I think, that, you know, particularly people with disabilities should be offered that option because like for me it's, it's helped a lot the, the employer's got to help the person be able to work from home you know they've got to have the right equipment they've got to have the right computer the right desk the right chair the right environment it's important that managers listen to the concerns of their staff as the transformation lead for her trust debbie has seen what the potential of allowing more people to work flexibly could mean for overall decision making in the future. Because of that being able to release some office space, looking at real transformational ways of what can we do with that space? Could that um, non-clinical space be converted into clinical space and make some various movements there? So again, there's lots of benefits and opportunities. Um, We could also assess um, where we'd had um, um, work ongoing in premises off-site that we didn't own. Um, there were rental costs. Could we make assessments as to do we actually need to continue that moving forward? Michelle is part of a disability network at her trust. And there's a consensus within the network that working from home will actually bring about benefits to the organisation. On the whole, we've all agreed that perhaps if we had the flexibility to spend a bit more of our time working from home in an environment where we felt comfortable perhaps if we have fluctuating conditions where you might have a a bad day you could still get on with things it's had a real impact on my sick leave I mean for starters I'm not catching anything from other people in the office because my immune system is suppressed but also it means that even on days where perhaps I'm in a lot of pain I'm still able to do my job The pandemic has taught us many lessons about ourselves, how to be compassionate and how to be supportive to our colleagues. And it's important we don't go back to some of our old norms once the pandemic is well and truly behind us. We have also learnt that a variety of roles can be carried out at home. And for many, this arrangement has had a positive impact on both their physical and mental well-being. It's also resulted in more efficient working practices. The option of home working or at least a hybrid solution, would be welcomed by a lot of our colleagues, especially those with conditions and disabilities, who at times would appreciate and even flourish from an environment that they feel comfortable with, as and when they require it. We've we've shown that during this global crisis, we can keep the hospital running, we can keep the whole NHS running. Thanks to all our guests, Michelle, Debbie, Ralph and Kush 
for their contributions to this podcast. To find out more about diversity and inclusion and to access resources and tools, please visit www.nhsemployers.org forward slash diversity and inclusion. Thanks for listening.